Okay, it's my great pleasure to have on the line with us Father Bob McGuire, a, a luminary, I would suggest, and uh, a beautiful man. Thanks very much for joining us, Thank Father Bob. Thank you, Comrade. That's very nice. That'll get me through the night, though. <laughs> A luminary. A luminary, indeed. I don't think I've been a luminary before. Well, it's it, it, nice. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to know, uh, I guess, a bit how you become a luminary, uh, more particularly a rat bag. Yeah. I'm sure many of our listeners will know a bit of your history and some of your tussles with uh, the hierarchy in the, in the Catholic Church. My question for you is, uh, were you always a rat bag? Do you... I don't know, see, because I have got no my DNA... Perhaps my DNA might say that my father was a rat bag, came from Scotland, a sailor, Royal Navy first, and then the merchant. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, to be cut loose in teenage by the death of the parents and by the significant sibling, all within a year or something, may have triggered something in the way of rat baggery because you'd have to, you know, you have to survive. Yeah. You have to survive alone, and therefore maybe the um, maybe the DNA said, "Oh well, we've got history of this in our family, and uh, when it's needed, it kicks in." How important! So we set off on a course yep. of, of, of our own, I suppose, by the age of about eighteen, when you're entitled to have um, what dreams of what you'd like to do to change the world for the for the better. And in this instance, it was thrust upon me. So how important do you think it is to be a rat bag or to have some of the rat bag in you in this, this time where... Uh, yeah, it's not popular. It's not popular. There's some... some... A nice bloke told me today, he, was, uh, he, was, um, he came in a boat from Cambodia about, what, 40 years ago. Mother, father killed by Mr Pol Pot. Um, he came with his siblings, about four or five of them, uh, overland and then on a boat. And he was saying how he was shocked to listen to hear some bloke on the radio, a, a Cambodian younger than him, now saying, uh, yes, we came from camp, but we came the right way. He thought, how could a Cambodian talk about, like, as though there was a wrong way to come here? Because in his days, you see, I mean, it was probably the only way. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, well, there you are. There goes a change of attitude from um, over just over, what, 20, 30 years? Yep. See, I mean, I'm because I'm, I'm old, I mean, and because I've got no wife, child or lover, you spend a lot of time um, ruminating, which is all right. It means thinking. And you um, and you think, and then they say, oh, by the way, it's the anniversary uh, of the dropping of the bomb, 70 years. It's the anniversary, 100 years of WW1. Then it's the 50th anniversary of the uh, of the independence of of uh, Singapore. And you're thinking, geez, I can remember not not WW1, but I can remember most of those things, and and. Have we learnt anything from it? In other words, what have we been here for? And then I say, well, you're still able to walk and and scratch yourself, so you've still got some time. Maybe you better start doing some things that will make a difference because you you, you will preside over the installation of something like put others first as a, as a wise word 
in the face of uh, the dark night, which has been saying, put yourself first. So you... So, I mean, I mean, it's all that accumulated, whatever it's called. I mean, in the books it'll be called wisdom, I suppose, but you can't really all claim wisdom. Well, well let us uh, pretend that you did, and uh, what would be your wisdom that you offered to young people in terms of standing up to institutional power, whether it's uh, corporate or uh, government or... Well, don't do it on your own. Yep. You know, it's very lonely. I mean, I was in the beginning I was on my own, I suppose, but then that was only only to survive in this world as a human being. Um, but I soon uh, teamed up with uh, with with another guy the same age and we went to the the priest training joint together. I think you've got to do it together. Otherwise, you wouldn't just be a rat bag. You would be a kind of... You could almost be um, a psychopath. You see, not just a rat bag. A rat bag, I think, has got some social, um, what, control surrounding him. Something. Whereas the other poor bugger's on his own and her own and, and headed for the dark side. So, I mean... In this country, we've been used to 200 years of white occupation. We've been used to aloneness because we're out in the wilderness. Western Australia knows that better than Victoria does, but out in the wilderness, out in the desert, out in the whatever it is. And um, we've had coping mechanisms, I suppose, as part of the Australian DNA for the last 200-plus years. Um, if we had any wisdom, of course, we would turn now to our... Uh, to our um, original owners and ask them would they please come and help us to um, get through the next 200 years with their accumulated wisdom about life and death and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say to young people, I mean, teenagers especially, or even 11-, 12-year-olds, I said to a kid yesterday, who was with his father, because it's not that easy for a Catholic priest to talk to a 12-year-old kid unless he's in company with somebody else, unfortunately. But I said to the kid, have you had any new ideas today? And the kid said, yes, I was, I'm, I'm trying to work out whether there's life on Mars. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, well, that fulfills my expectation of an answer from a 12-year-old. Because <laughs> yeah. they think big. Yeah, they seem to be. They seem to, you know, they can be still quite ambitious. But I was going to ask you, Father Rob, um, just in terms of um, of institutions responding to, I guess, the current issues of things like climate change and all the rest of it. I mean, we've seen um, people like um, the current Pope sort of come out uh, and seem a little bit more progressive, perhaps, than um, than those who've gone before him. Do you think that there's the potential for the Catholic Church to, I guess, have something like another Vatican II and, yeah. and have a sort of reform? Because, I mean, when you read a bit about what was going on around Vatican II, there seemed to be a huge sort of support for grassroots social justice um, yeah. activism after that. I mean, is that something that you think might happen again? Yeah, or? well, I mean, the tragedy was that uh, some of the clowns in power at the management positions of the... Uh, between what we had in the sixties, I think that's what, that's what one of my the curses and 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 the, and the blessings together for me was that we were um, commissioned as officers in the Roman Catholic Global Church during the um, uh, I don't know was it called a giornamento or something or risorgimento something whereby wake up wake up Catholics around the world. It was a very exciting time. We had to wake up to everything. The Pope said, "Open the windows because the church stinks." 
and uh, open the windows, in fact, maybe get out through the windows, he said, because maybe you should be more in the street than in the church building. Mm. So you do not be afraid of the secular because Catholics have been terrified of the secular, you know, for hundreds of years, ever since we lost control of the Roman Empire. We've been terrified of the uh, of the uh, opposition, which we presumed was the, the new movement around the universe, which was secularism. So he said, no, 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 no. You don't be frightened of secularism. Go out and meet them and, uh, and form strategic alliances. Mm. That would mean that whoever was doing beautiful things in the environment, we'd team up with them. We wouldn't expect to be, you know, greater than them. We would expect to be part of it. Mm. That's been our that that's been our horror story for centuries. Is that we we thought we were greater than mm. what was going on around us. Yeah, because it seems that though, like there are certain, um, you know, activists, you know, from the, the different Christian churches, like the sort of uh, Love Makes Away sort of group, who are actually sort of getting out and doing things. I mean, it would be really cool to see a bit more support for that, because I guess we've got such big questions now, especially with asylum seekers. You know, there's almost like there needs to be an input, maybe. Mm. But you see, in the 60s and I suppose 50s, 60s, there was that um, the Americans were leaders in 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 what? developmental Catholicism, I suppose, together with their comrades down south in um, Latin America who had liberation theology. Um, the, 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 the U.S. seemed to produce people like the Berrigan brothers who stood up against the, um, the military, the militocracy, um, by, and they got themselves arrested because they said, no, no war, we shouldn't be involved in wars. And there was beautiful Dorothy, um, Dorothy Day, who founded the, um, it's still there, founded the Catholic Worker Movement with houses of hospitality that were meant not only for the poor, but also for the aspirational class, who would, uh, they'd meet the poor and the aspirationals would share the same, the same facilities, the same buildings. Some could stay, others could come and go and do intellectual, uh, have intellectual discussions and, Others could come because simply they had nowhere else to go. But see, that was Catholicism at its um, uh, at, it, at its best for that uh, that that what that culture, the Anglo culture. Down south in the Latin American countries, they went um, they went uh, almost Marxist because they had liberation theology. Because they were all they were all countries that were dominated by um, by meritocracies and uh, um, almost by royalty. You know, the the, the 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 rich families owned the place and still do. That's why they're still fighting in in Brazil and in Argentina and all over the place. You see, because those Europe that European slash Latin um, oligarchy has installed itself in every one of those countries. And the, the the ordinary people, we were encouraged by by Vatican II to form um, to form um, what they used to call them in the old days, something uh, small communities, mm. say communities within the community. Now that's the only way to go. It's the same in Australia. You see, we need we need communities less than societies. Yeah. And we need communities more than societies. We need development more than progress. 
Do you see any any progress in that direction? I mean, whether it's within, uh, you know, I guess you, the work that you're doing around your... Oh, yeah, it's, we tried, but that's the tragedy of, of what we were doing because we, we got stuck into it. So a parish became of, of earthly use to the neighbourhood. And the neighbourhood fell in love with us and we fell in love with the neighbourhood and we had a strategic alliance. And lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, the hierarchy in Melbourne said, well, geez, don't, you frightened us. I mean, we're a bit nervous now because it looks as though you, you, you were thinking more of the neighbourhood than you are of the parishioners. And we said, no, 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 no. It's the whole parish has fallen in love with the neighbourhood, apart from half a dozen. And the half a dozen, you see, if they, if they get into the ear of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the management in the diocesan headquarters, um, well, then they can do all kinds of damage fright the headquarters you see and 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 that's the end of it. there's nothing more frightened than a frightened headquarters yep. you know so unfortunately after 30 whatever it was years 38 years i think it was um with that love affair between a parish we did everything we could for catholic parishioners we had more masses we had mass every day i made sure that we did everything right mm-hmm. mass every day three masses a weekend um devotions i admittedly we didn't have a confessional uh, which they've installed since as though that was the mark of the true church um but we did all the right things we went to visit everybody who was sick at home we empowered lay people to do this 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 and this and at the same time we opened the parish house so that it was the feeding point for uh, people from the public housing estates which were all around us and we tackled the drug wars of 1980s and we lost 40 young people, not Catholics, not Catholics, but still parishioners because they were looking on the parish facilities as being home. Yeah. But we lost 40 of them. Forget about the, the tragedy of ICE. They died from, um, from um, heroin and uh, uh, amphetamines. Awful. Only 20 years of age. So we were mixed up in all of that, you see, the blood, toil, tears and sweat of being incarnated mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a neighbourhood. There's nothing like it. So there's, there's obviously a huge contrast there between, uh, you know, what you're talking about and, the, and a grassroots, uh, you know, or the love in action, I guess, uh, uh, is a nice, I think, hopefully succinct way of suggest, saying what you were doing there versus the, you know, the institutional... And I guess uh, the kind of Catholicism that perhaps uh, dear Prime Minister Abbott embodies as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the same. It's been it's 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 the same in the secular now and in the uh, and in the religious. Um, the Roman Catholic Church doesn't have to be an imperial model because it's got a saying. It's in Latin, unfortunately, but it, uh, we learned it during the Vatican too because we said, "Hey, what about this? We're reforming the church." I thought the Protestants reformed the church. And they said, um, Ecclesia Semper Reformanda. And we said, oh, that sounds all right. What does it mean? It means the church is always reforming itself. Mm. Now, I like that. But that's dynamic. That means you can't turn it off and on and have 20 years on and 20 years off. So does Pope Francis uh, he's that. He's, he's embody that? Reformanda, yep. see? And he's Semper Reformanda. See, because he's an, he's an interesting hybrid, which we, we may have made a mistake early days because we may have been too single-mindedly, um, what's the word, what's the word, 
um, revolutionary because Francis is a mixture of the devotional Catholic and the revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Now, we may have um, been too, what, quick mm-hmm. to pull local devotional structures to pieces. Are you talking I mean, about in my time, they, 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 they threw out statues, um, they t- took down mar- marble altars, mm-hmm. they did all kinds of things to make sure that uh, what we did in church on Sunday was people-centric, not altar-centric or uh, tabernacle with the reserved sacrament-centric. Mm-hmm. So we may have, you see, because we frightened enough people, I think, who stayed on the alert for 10, 20 years Mm. so that when the opportunity presented itself with the change of governance, change of archbishops and that kind of thing, that you ended up with a, what do you call it, revisionism. So we'll go back to what? The sacrament in the middle of uh, of the main part of the church, um, statues are back um, maybe priests putting on black suits and collars yeah. uh, all that kind of thing so um, is, is there momentum internationally I mean it's it, from what I'm hearing it's it's not here in Australia but is is momentum building internationally I guess in you know in the way that Pope Francis is building or something that's coming through from on high shall we say that is going to spill over into Australia at some point oh you'd have to but I mean that's 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 the the blessing of being global is that you can get the whole the thing done all over the universe but imagine trying to be a revolutionary Catholic parish in South Sudan Hmm. (laughs) because I mean it become it becomes offensive locally to a culture uh, to an ethnic group that you are appearing to be, what, more open to the outside world because in a lot of these places overseas there is no outside world. There is only your tribe and the other tribe mm. or the other tribe and the other tribe again. So you end up in a tribal conflict. So your hope there, I guess, is that it obviously comes from more than just within the a wave that Pope Francis is building, but something that comes from a much yes, broader see, humanity. Unfortunately, a blood will have to be spilled, mm. like we did. We know when we went on with the conquests, as we called them. I don't know if we we called them the conquests, but I mean, uh, Spain and Portugal and all that kind of thing. We went all over the world and we put the we we established Christianity as being part of the of the invasion, um, and blood was spilt mainly uh, the others, the, 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 the local people's blood. In this instance, I'm trying to scratch my head working out how, what in the name of God would you do to approach ISIL, I-S-I-L, mm. and uh, bring the good news to them. Mm. You see, we did it with, red, with the American Indians, but there was blood spilt, the, 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 uh, the, the, um, the um, Jesuit missionaries died there um, I don't know what it is you know they, they had a famous saying in the old days in the church the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church it's sad if you have to shed your blood but see maybe there's another blood that can be shed which is um, you, 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 you become uh, what um, part of 
the culture to which you have been sent. Now, how you do with ISIL, I wouldn't have a clue. But you see, in St. Francis of Assisi's day, I think it's true, and I hope I'm not making this up, that Francis of Assisi went to Palestine and visited um, the uh, Sultan, um, the head of the invading uh, Muslim army in the, in the Middle East, paid him a personal visit. Now, whether this is folklore or not, I don't know. That Your listeners can Google it. Yeah. You see what I mean? Um, uh, it's that kind of thing. That's a risky business. Jesus spent his time with people other than the religious establishment. Not because he necessarily was anti-religious establishment, but they were of no earthly use. So uh, he spent his time with the others, the outsiders. You know, and almost uh, that got me through 40 years up here at uh, Peter's and Paul's church. I said, said, ladies and gentlemen, we've discovered the other flock. Because Jesus said, I've got two flocks, don't forget, I've got the one that's in safe, And I've got the other one that's out. And he said, I'm going to the one that's out. Yep. And that's that's what we believed in. We believe that the flock that is outside the, um, what, the um, sphere of influence, normal sphere of, of cultural interest of Christians or Catholics, that that flock is... Um, is 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 the one where where lies the future of humanity you mentioned before about the you know, aboriginal people the original inhabitants yeah. of these land these lands uh and the important insights that they they have to offer yes um in terms of uh this wave that's coming through one would hope that all, all the indigenous peoples of the world would, would be able to contribute to to building something new there oh yeah but, but they will but We've got to be humble. See, our, our problem, I think, they're telling us, the original owners are telling us, I think, that in fact we are culturally incompetent in dealing with them. We might have read the books, we might have passed the course, we might have been posted by our public service department to go to um, uh, uh, an indigenous people's settlement, mm. but... They say, with all due respect, you are not culturally competent. You see, you haven't become incarnate, which is what missionaries at their best did. At their worst, they were awful. Mm. But missionaries at their best became part of the local uh, culture. You see, the Jesuits became um, uh, Iroquois Indians, you know, uh, they were unmasked eventually when things went bad and uh, the Iroquois looked around and they for somebody to blame and they said, it's these bloody imposters who've come from Europe or somewhere. Mm. So they chopped them up. But uh, the missionary thing at its best mm. um, is what we're after, see. So we have to become missionaries to... Um, to um, uh, and without without an axe to grind, we mustn't go out proselytising. Yeah. You see, because we are. Uh, I've got a saying that might get me through the night with 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 Islam, and that is, there is no god but good, mm. and we the messenger. See, there's no other messenger but us. Yeah. You can have all the books in the universe, all the all the holy books from all the religions, but if you think that you're going to quote from the holy books and yourself be um, 
what's the word, an unattractive uh, spokesperson, mm. well, that's, uh, that's hypocrisy. People see through that. Whereas if you put yourself in like you're Jesus of Nazareth, you see, he never wrote a book. He put himself in and then left and did, did a miraculous thing, which was he left behind uh, the spirit, you know, and the spirit can't be can't be controlled by anybody, thank God. Yeah. The clerics are anybody, yeah. governments, anybody. Moves where he, she wishes. And I think it's on now, see, the spirit is moving around Australia. Mm. Uh, I was over in Perth, I think, uh, last week, and at the Global Buddhist Convention, and they were all about mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mind a bit of mindfulness. <laughs> but at the same time, I, uh, you know, I, I took the opportunity to mention, by the way, in my, uh, in my way of expressing um, uh, the spirituality, which is Catholicism, mm-hmm. um, and in Christianity, it, there is this X factor, which is the spirit of Jesus. Um, and available to all. Yep. So it's almost like an app. <laughs> available to all, so you don't you don't have to put nothing. It's installed. Yeah. See, so in issues of gay Sounds marriage, amazing, or yeah. I don't like that word, gay. Yeah. In issues of what is it, marriage equality, marriage isn't equality, it? Yeah. Those love. kinds of things, and, and environmental issues, um, and other issues like um, rights versus duties. Mm. Um, that's where you've got... The, we can call on the spirit, you see, because uh, we need we need a breath of fresh air coming from somewhere because we're getting hot blasts of fascism mm-hmm. from one side of the, of the spectrum, which I won't name, which is saying, listen, you've got to fight them and you've got to shoot them and you've got to, you've got to degrade them and you've got to destroy them. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever the enemy idea is or fa- foreign idea is, yeah. that's how to do it. Degrade and destroy. And we need a big, strong blast from the other side of, 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 of whatever you'd call it, which would be we've got to um, meet people who we consider to be the enemy. We've got to sit, sit down with them. Um, admittedly, we've got to watch we don't get our heads cut off. Uh, how are you going to do it? I don't know. But all I can say is that the history of the church and the history of religion at its best means that that's the uh, crucifixion. So this is as good as it gets, says Jesus from the cross. You see? Don't go looking for um, gold edge guarantees that life... Um, is is meant to be rosy because this is as good as it gets he said to the two fellows who were crucified beside him that's uh that's that's some pretty prof- profound shit right there isn't father it? bob if I much, can isn't it? Frankly. Eh? Oh, it's a uh, night yeah but anyway i mean that's they're the things that get me through the night yeah but the main thing gets me through the night is knowing that in fact whether I'm in a church precinct or not, which I'm not now, I'm down around the corner in a, in a, in a, in a shop front and living in the back of it. Um, I just shook a bloke's hand up the street a minute ago because I'd noticed on his shop up at the corner 
Uh, they've been there for 40 years, and I knew him as a young man when he was there working, and I thought, how come he's working and the others are living in on, on the dole? And his whole family were workers, and I shook his hand tonight and said, congratulations, 40 years. Mm. He said, yeah, my son's 15, and he's learning too that, that this locality is a neighbourhood. And I just felt to myself, yeah, that's what we're talking about, a neighbourhood. Everybody needs a neighbourhood. You know, and while we're building huge towers here around South Melbourne and the city where everybody will be... Uh, in fact, a bloke said to me the other day from one of the housing ministries, he said, you know why they call them apartments? I said, no. Nah. He said, because they all live apart. apart yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that says it all, doesn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. See, and that's the thing we're going to have to come to, and the kiddies will have to teach us, the young ones. Yeah. You see, that 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 it's in our nature. Mm to be to welcome the stranger it's in our nature and we've got to try to let our nature out yeah. and that is what the spirit's job is to unlock our nature and um and 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 and, and let's go and and, and uh, continue the evolution of the world and i had a nice thing here i know you're gonna throw me out but i used this the other day i pinched it from somewhere you were imagined to imagine you were created to create. You are a work of art and an artist at work. And I thought that's a nice summary of what we're on about. Anyway, I'm glad to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. And thank you for, I think, embodying that short little phrase that you've uh, you've just read to us there. Yeah. So thank you for... I'm in good standing with the Roman Catholic hierarchy. Thank you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs>